Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Today I'm really, really thrilled to have Claire Mascot, the real Claire Mascot, together with me. Hi, Claire. How are you? Hi, Gregorio. I'm great. How are you? Very well. Super happy that you accepted my invitation. And then we can discuss about women in CX on this episode. Because we really appreciate what you are doing and what you did in the last two years. And now it's time to learn a bit more about what you're doing and this growth part of women in CX. But before we deep dive in this topic, shortly about you. I know everybody knows you. You are everywhere, but um, shortly, could you please introduce yourself? Cool. So I'm Claire Musket, and I'm the founder and CEO of Women in CX, which is the world's first online membership community for women in customer experience and technology. Um, brief bit of background about me. I led CX for some of the UK's biggest companies, including Whitbread, Compass Group and Sainsbury's. I also work with clients, including M&S, British Airways and Tesco. So lots of big brand experience and became a specialist in customer experience design. And over the last 10 years, I think I've, um, I suppose, like also built my career as a keynote speaker. So I travel around the world. I'm sharing my thought leadership around where I think we need to be heading with customer experience. And yeah, in 2020, founded this community in response to my own need for community and support at the time. And we've since grown into a community of over eight and a half thousand sponsors and supporters and members all over the world. So very happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. I am really convinced that the future will be all about communities, people that we trust, people we can discuss with. Mm -hmm. And basically because perhaps there are also shared values, which values drive you in life? Yeah, so I've got four values and my first one is authenticity. So the freedom to be myself, but also, so it's like these are actually also women in sexy's values um, is equally the right for everybody else to show up as their true selves and not have to put on any airs and graces. And actually that that's fundamental to my second value, which is inclusion. So being able to bring diverse voices together and in order to deliver on the third value which is collaboration <laughs> so to collaborate in support of one another um and you know it's really fundamental to me especially with women in cx that collaboration beats competition every time so i'm all about collaborating and the fourth one same for women in cx is actually courage so being able to be authentic and brave enough to challenge the status quo, stand up for what we believe in and challenge what we see in the world as being unfair or, or not right. So, yeah, that's my four. Authenticity, inclusion, courageousness and collaboration. Thank you very much. These are really great values that also uh, can kickstart this game, the discussion about this growth part of uh, women in CX. And for the people not following, following you, perhaps could you please recap the most important milestones of women in CX in the last few years? Yeah, sure. I, I, and before we do that, can I just tell you a little bit more about in relation to my values, my sense of purpose? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's kind of like two core things that are really driving me and what I do. 
One is my serious concern about the trajectory of the customer experience industry and customer experience generally in an era of AI and digitization. And secondly, it's the fact that women and minorities are being excluded from so many conversations than not having seats at the table in positions of power and influence that can actually affect the future of CX and technology. Um, so women in CX community really is an intersection of those two things uh, for me personally, but also for a lot of uh, other people now out there in being able to uh, bring together diversity of opinion to challenge the status quo collectively, to bring new insights and ideas through amplifying the voices of women and ensuring that we're being seen and heard alongside uh, the majority of, of men <laughs> out there. Because when we look at it statistically, 70% um, of the workforce are women in customer experience, but only 30% of those are making it into management, which I don't know if you know this fact, but is quadruple the gap of the mainstream in terms of um, gender equality and balance. But also, if you look at women of colour, they're only representing 3% of leadership positions. LGBTQ people, full stop, is only 3%. So LGBTQ women's probably only around one and a half. And people with disabilities, you know, that's a, a physical, visible disability or neurodivergence. Again, it's only 3%. So when it comes to representation and diversity, in building the future of what is becoming an increasingly tech-enabled world. Um, from a customer experience point of view, we're underrepresented. But when we look at technology itself, you know, only 20% of tech professionals are women, only 16% working in AI are female. We've got this kind of funneling of decreasing diversity from a gender point of view, only 16% in AI, only 13% in Web3. So um, this is something that I really believe we need to do something about, and it's only going to be by bringing in together, supporting and empowering diverse voices that we're going to be able to stand a chance of changing what currently to me looks like a, a risky future. I think what you're saying, it's extremely important. And thank you for uh, really uh, explaining that. What I can remember from our last discussion, it was roughly one, one and a half years ago, wow. you shared <laughs> and another statistic, it's some, it was something that there are more... <laughs> Um, CEOs called men, John. That was it. <laughs> exactly. More uh, CEOs than with the name John than women in a CEO position. Mm -hmm. And one and a half late, one one and a half year later, the situation mm -hmm. is very similar to to that one. And therefore, thank you very much for for what you are doing and for this great purpose that women in CX and that you have and are trying to to drive. Um, Coming back to, to women in CX, could you please quickly recap the, the most important milestones of women in CX? Yeah, so I guess the starting point really was actually almost three years ago to the day. So we're in June right now doing this recording, not sure when it's going to come out. But uh, three years ago, almost to the day, we launched the first episode of the Inspiring Women in CX podcast. And that was during a time where um, my business had kind of gone down the pan as a consultant because all my clients were international. So I basically dedicated my life um, during that time to amplifying the voices of women and using my platform to promote the voices of others, which attracted a wonderful guy. I think you know him, Jonathan Schweyer, who works at Arise Gaming now. Um, he um, got in touch with me and said, Claire, I love what you're trying to do here. Listening to the podcast, I really believe in the mission um, that you're on to empower and like, support women 
and hear their voices. What would you do if you had some money behind you? And I was like, oh my God, I would like totally start an online membership community. So they wouldn't have to wait for a broadcast and connect with each other through social media that would be able to provide a platform for women to do that, um, which led to. <laughs> and, you know, he was so cool. He didn't take any equity for that. It was a, a gifted payment of sponsorship before we'd even started. So huge thanks to Jonathan for that. Um, so the second big milestone would be actually launching the community, the online platform um, on International Women's Day 2021, originally to 30 founding members who basically spent the best part of the next year um, collaborating with us in co-design, in being able to build an amazing, valuable experience that would support them with their personal and professional goals. Um, and during that time, I have to give a shout out to Kantar. So, you know, we were unproven as a community. We didn't have any kind of commercial value at that time. Um, but Kantar, again, aligned with our DEI mission and continued to sponsor us through that early stage um, that enabled us to get to 250 members by the next International Women's Day. Um, at that stage, we recognized we needed to build a space uh, outside of a paid community. So we launched a free community in um 2021 which enabled us to get to oh, sorry 2022 which enabled us to get to seven and a half thousand by um international women's day 2023 um other huge things were we held our first conference last year the women in cx global gathering in london it was an absolutely huge success and we're going to be doing it again october the 10th this year in london with some incredible keynote speakers and workshops again um, but it was actually that, that I don't know if you call this a milestone or not, but we almost went under in January, as in financially um, ran out of money. Um, because we'd run this conference, we'd done it for free, and we ended up with basically £20,000 of the debt at the start of the year. Um, but that kick-started a business plan that we took to Virgin who then gave us the funding to be able to diversify our revenue streams. So since then, we um, worked on diversifying our, diversifying our revenue streams. So we're working on sponsorships and we're able to work with amazing sponsors like Calabrio and Ultimate AI and Quick more recently, corporate memberships. So our first big one was with Callminer. They brought in 10 of their employees plus five of their own customers, um, which was a huge milestone for us and a direction we're definitely going to continue to go in. We started doing recruitment, so being able to source women for, um, initially it was freelance and contracting roles, but also now working on how do we um, create a jobs board where employers can find more women um, to hire in, into the jobs that they're looking for consulting so we've now got all of these amazing collaborations of freelancers happening where they're um collaborating together to win business um as a group of women in CX so independent consultants building their strength and capability and ability to serve wider markets by working together which is amazing um and also speaker services so um, obviously, I myself am a professional keynote speaker, but also now helping event organizers source greater diversity for their events. Um, so a big highlight for me this year was getting to go to Chile to be the keynote speaker at CX Day 2023, but also to um, have all of the keynote speakers at all of the LATAM events this year to be women um, from our community or paid speaking gigs. So again, you know, huge thank you to people like Mariano for helping us to do that. Um, and yeah, I think the, the next big milestones are coming up really soon. 
we're about to launch Women in CX Association, which is going to mean that we've got an association that allies can also join. And we're looking at working on how can we bring men and women together to solve problems as uh, as a group because women cannot do this alone. Um, so that's going to be launching in July. And then in response to understanding the, the needs now that women have around particularly their professional development, we're going to be launching courses in September this year. So a very exciting road ahead. It's an incredible story. Every step is so amazing, so so incredible, and we feel uh, your passion for 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 this topic and for for women in CX. And I know that it's difficult because I'm asking you to take a decision, something like that. But yeah. could you please share what which were the most successful activities in, in women CX that really made a difference to grow from uh, thirty to two hundred fifty, and then seven mm -hmm. and a half thousand. Yeah, so I think it's all down to co-design. So as a CX designer, I've always been committed to involving users <laughs> in the process of designing and developing the offer and the proposition. So from the inside out of the community, working with our founding members to develop our MVPs and our platform, to listening, to feedback and iterating our propositions based on feedback, but also investing time and effort in qualitative research to understand the needs behind what you see, I suppose, on the surface is the problems that women are trying to solve, like what is actually sitting behind that and responding with innovation. So um, we've had so many MVPs of different ideas, like um, so many things that we've started and then killed along the way. Um, but that's helped us to, I suppose, really stay on the front foot of being able to offer something different and unique um, as a community in an online space. And yeah, just, um, you know, more than listening and responding, but actually proactively responding with innovation. And I think for CX, that is like kind of the next key milestone also that we as professionals need to be taking, um, not, not just being reactive to VOC surveys, but actually listening and understanding what problems exist to solve, what are the needs and goals behind those and how do we respond to those in different ways perhaps than just improving what's already there. And uh, what you're saying, this, this what you're sharing and the success means also a lot of work. Could you share a bit also of behind the scenes? You mentioned something, for example, at the beginning, struggling, then uh, the conference, the big conference, it was a massive success. I saw a lot of great picture, a lot of people sharing picture. It was a great conference. I learned a lot and so on. But you said you landed with, with some depth. And therefore, what is the behind of the scene? <laughs> well, so behind the scenes um, is actually a very small team. So... I'm constantly getting asked, who does your marketing? Who does your PR? Like, how are you everywhere? But in reality, it's me with um, my two kind of management team. A big shout out to Meg Coates, who's our head of operations, and Harley Stabler, who's our marketing and communications manager, who've been with me basically from the start, who began as interns and have grown within our operation into the roles they are today. And as a startup business where we've not taken funding from investors, we haven't had the cash flow to be able to recruit experienced people, I guess, um, into roles to help us drive the business forward. So um, we basically have worked with paid internships where we take women with zero experience, but high potential, amazing, like 
attitudes and a, a real desire to want to develop in things like social media and community. And um, our kind of like BAU operation is basically <laughs> um, this rotation of incredible interns that um, come and join us to get the experience that they need to take their next step in their careers um, and move on. So actually um, it's, it, it's, it's hard work um, and a huge amount of commitment an effort from from a very small group of people but uh, we've been able to supplement our resources when we've needed to with women in CX freelancers who have expertise in let's say um, when we're creating our surveys I don't need to personally do that anymore people are actually better than me at doing that <laughs> so um, so we can recruit in um, a member of the community pay them to do a temporary piece of work um, so Francis Shippery recently did that for us. Um, I don't do Deanna Avis. I think you might have interviewed her. Maybe not. Uh, not yet. Uh, she's on your list, I'm sure. Um, but um, to do the qualitative research after the quantitative, because obviously if anyone speaks to me, like probably going to give me a biased view on what they think. So um, being able to recruit um, someone with, you know, such a different perspective than, than me personally, um, and so much value to add in that stage of the process, um, being able to work with freelancers who have expertise in things like data and marketing. So really, it's just like this hugely collaborative effort <laughs> um, based on the values of our community. It's it's super interesting. And you explained how it's working. But what is your role and your learnings from your role? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> where do I start? So, um so I think I've always been an entrepreneur, even when I worked in businesses. I was always the blank sheet of paper woman who would go from zero to something huge <laughs> over the course of my my tenure um, and was always striving for innovation, not necessarily saying, oh, let's take that framework that's being used over there and apply it. It was always like, well, how do we figure this out for, for how it would work for our business? Um, and, you know, that was limited in a way working in big corporate organizations because a lot of the time that's not what people want in leadership they're looking for people who'll take um, direction and go and do stuff uh, but I think that was what enabled me to to start women in CX but what I just did not foresee as someone who'd only I suppose worked in big businesses where I had teams of people to execute things like marketing and product development and uh, data and all those things was, you know, having to navigate actually doing that all on behalf of my own business. So I'd say like the learning curve is like this and it's still to this day, you know, since three years since launching the first podcast episode, I still feel like I'm learning in this direction. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it, as a as a customer experience professional, it's really broadened my understanding of the realities of business. <laughs> because when you're kind of sitting over here just trying to improve things for for people, like, I think looking back on my career, like, I was highly commercial, but now I understand the business reality of some of the trade offs that you have to make on the course of building a business. Because without cash flow, we're never going to be able to be here or stay sustainable um so I think I've learned so much about business more broadly um by doing this this role um and I think it's just the realization that we're never ever going to be finished 
there isn't an end point to this. There isn't, and I think this is true of customer experience, right? In an era of AI digitization, that you've just got to keep moving forward and evolving as things change. So being able to, you know, maintain the vision and the values, but be flexible to what's happening in the environment around you, in um, the needs of your customer base, um, and being able to respond again proactively with innovation wasn't something that when I first started Women in CX, I don't think I really appreciated that. I just knew that I wanted to build this thing and it looked like this and it was going to do all, you know, this. <laughs> and and maybe stayed there for a bit too long, which is why we ended up in trouble. We only had one single revenue stream and an economic crisis <laughs> where subscription-based businesses and the subscriptions, especially you know, deciding to spend money on subscriptions wasn't the same as it was <laughs> um, when things were better. You know, there wasn't an energy crisis. There wasn't a cost of living crisis. Inflation wasn't like super high. Um, yeah, so I can honestly say I still, on a day-to-day -day basis, question, do I know what I'm doing? And the answer is quite often no, but having developed the resilience to know I'll figure it out and with the amazing team that I have, uh, believing that, it's okay not to know, <laughs> um, just to keep steering the course and, and finding your way through. I think what you're saying, it's, it's super interesting and everybody can learn and take some nuggets out, out of your thing that we are, there is no end. I think I like that because it means we still have a lot to work and a lot, a lot of, a lot to go. But I think in with women in CX, you faced a lot of challenges that you, that you find way to come out, which are some challenges that you are facing now and how can we help you? <laughs> well, I think I think you know this is in the context of the bit of business now. So as a bootstrap startup, it's cash flow is king because being able to have cash to invest in growth is fundamentally critical. And um, as I said, you know this diversification of revenue streams, like sponsorships and corporate memberships are so critical to our ability to grow. So. If any businesses are out there thinking they'd like to align with a community that is, by the way, the number one for engagement on social media platforms like LinkedIn, that we'd love to work with you. And um, for any team, I suppose, that heads of customer experience that are thinking, how can I find a way to support the women in my team and the allies when we launch the association to broaden their perspective on customer experience by you know not just hearing from a single organization that believes that we should be doing things the same way um to be immersed in resources and content and conversations and events and networking and, and mentorship that um sponsoring places for your employees means they don't have to be worried about the cost of living crisis and making a decision about their personal development um would be super helpful <laughs> but um Yeah, I think that the, the biggest challenge is the you know the economic climate, and then all just also people's time being part of a community, especially like the the inner circle, which is the paid part of our community where we do all of the um, kind of like events, conversations, event um, masterminds, panels, topics, that kind of thing. It takes up a lot of um, personal time for individuals, so we're we're constantly now looking for how do we re relieve that kind of 
time and cost pressure to be part of something like this still deliver value but in a way that people can more women in the inner circle can get the most value with the least time required because as you know we know women have very busy lives not just in their careers but also at home it's one of the main reasons why people where women leave in their mid-careers because being able to find that balance is hard so how do we continue to be a source of all not every single can't be every single need but how do we continue to be a source of support in a way that is um manageable from a time point of view thank and you it's just ban- yeah and it's just bandwidth for, for the team is the the, fi- the final thing where so you know, you've heard how small our team actually is behind the scenes um being able to continue to do what we do it's, it comes well, i'll say i've not been shy about talking this on, on talking about this on linkedin it's an immense personal costs I think in terms of energy and uh, you know my time like I don't really have a life anymore <laughs> um, and I want to get that back at some point um, but being able to prioritize I think as the founder is something that I'm having to get better at because I want to do everything for everybody I'm a people pleaser <laughs> I think many CX professionals are we want to we want to help as many people as we can you know but it's incredible what, what you're saying I, I really enjoy that and i highly recommend all the corporates and business that are listening to this uh, to this podcast please find a way to support uh, women in cx because what what you are doing and what you are saying and uh, you shared also the behind the scene and not only the shiny stuff but really what what is the reality it's something that we need to support we need to help each other in the cx community we, we are here to grow together and and it's incredible what what you're doing thank you very thank much you. claire no thank you for the chance to do a little shout out as well <laughs> <laughs> um, Perhaps speaking in general now about communities, um, how do you see the role of communities in future? So, so I think what we're seeing already is communities being leveraged for commercial reasons. So particularly in tech and SaaS is the emergence of customer communities themselves. So rather than like women in CX is a, is a, is a group of women trying to solve the problem of gender equality together, uh, that's not a kind of commercial product-led thing. So businesses who have um, particularly technology products are building community as part of their crossover between marketing and product development. So I think I see the role of communities being the future maybe of research and development where you're actually in touch with the members of your community who are the users of your product on such a regular basis that they're able to um, respond to some of the things that at the moment we have to go out and take a long time doing research to do. So I think it will be a more of an optimized way to do research and development. Um, I also think that customer service is going to change with the advancements of communities, particularly again in the tech and product space, because members helping one another to solve problems it, you know at the moment we've just got knowledge bases and faq pages and chatbots haven't we like trying to navigate all of that stuff but actually some of the, the best communities i've seen out there in in the commercial side they've actually got people helping one another to solve those problems making suggestions about how they've resolved something or how they've gotten over a roadblock which in turn is 
being used to feed back into how do we provide a solution for that so customers don't have to um you know be asking around about how do you get over this thing yeah um but also i suppose it's like the next generation in depth of engagement because i don't really talk about where why i worry about the future of customer experience but in an era and an age where we're getting more dis- disconnected from one another from human connection um in the future i think there's a a real role for human connection that communities can help to serve in a way that brands just cannot deliver through broadcast marketing or even social media so um i think it's going to become more important without a doubt <laughs> um in the 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 business's ecosystem of how they serve their customers, how they develop products and services for customers and how they ha- have deeper, more rich engagement that isn't just what's happening today with loads of algorithms, just testing and learning. Can I get a customer to take an action that benefits the business? That's kind of where we're going at the moment. Um, so I think there's going to be this need for, for more human connection in the future. Thank you very much. And speaking about the future, in 10 years from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What are, what are we discussing about? I think the question is if we're still going to be here in 10 years, <laughs> um, not as in a human race, but um, customer experience as a profession, I think, is going to die if we don't do something radically different. Um, I was doing research for an upcoming keynote and a lot of the technology out there basically can manage customer journeys, optimize them based on algorithms and machine learning. And, and to that exact point, that this is like binary data, making binary decisions about what experiences people are getting in from a marketing point of view, let's say, with personalization. And at the other end, we've got operational efficiency is the reason why we're using data um artificial intelligence and machine learning to actually avoid people making contact um so if the customer experience profession doesn't move away from i think this obsession with voice of the customer embedding that promoter scores trying to change organizational culture which is just impossible to do um preaching customer centricity where you know i think we've been so misguided about what cx professionals can actually do to alter that Customer centricity actually means an operating model-wide change to how businesses behave and put the customer more centrally to everything. CX teams and CX individuals cannot influence that. That's a business-wide, you know, organizational thing to do. Um, and as I've spoken about in relation to women in CX today, it's a capability I think we need to build in customer experience design now. How do we help businesses to understand and respond to future needs of customers? How do we support them with the the understanding of the problems to solve so we can help influence priorities? How do we get involved with the digital and technology advances that businesses are going to be making to ensure that they're also considering the human perspective on this and i think most cx professionals are so far removed from digital and technology from ux there's different teams in data and ux 
and that that are working in silos in product and sales and marketing or even like data analytics that are driving what customer experience is that's only going to continue so yeah based on what you said i think i need to change the name of the podcast but it is something <laughs> well, no, well, but you know no, no, yeah this is a this is this is a this is this is something i've thought a lot a lot about and researched a lot about um so i think if we were still here in 10 years we'd probably be talking about how do we bring human connection back to experiences how do we undo some of the damage that we've done by um pro progressing in a way that's been purely capitalist and how do we how do we nurture communities how do we add value to the societies that businesses serve i think maybe customer experience is going to evolve into something that's more about how do we maintain human connection purpose values and you know beyond the um functional aspects that are very much focused on today that drive immediate business return how do we yeah how do we human how do we keep business human <laughs> i think i you're suggesting perhaps something like the connected goalkeeper or something like the connected that. goalkeeper yeah <laughs> i will yeah. i will keep I it on the list yeah i don't know but i think you know it's probably running out of time now but the you know, customer experience i think is like it's it's bigger than cx now isn't it like customer experience is an industry like in a couple of years it's going to be 32 billion as a technology industry like we can't not see what's coming <laughs> um to do that so yeah i think it's going to evolve and women in cx we talk about as a movement for human-centered business already that's what we're trying to do so let's just not be too constrained by by the title and current um perspective on what's important about what we do and start to look around the reality of what's really happening what your businesses are actually focusing on and how can we support what they're trying to do with a more human-centered view Thank you very much. As you are saying, we already have a new topic for the <laughs> next episode, <laughs> and but we are coming to an end. And uh, in the yeah. extra time of this um, episode of this game, um, three questions for you. Is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience? Yes, everybody needs to read this. <laughs> so it's The Halo Effect by Philip Rosenweig. I don't know if I said that right. You're more Germanic than me. <laughs> Did I pronounce it correctly? <laughs> I, I would say yes, and I will put everything in the show notes that people can find it. Okay, yeah. So this is a book about um, the the business delusions that deceive managers and how managers are letting themselves be deceived. So, for example, there are amazing quotes in here about um, the assumption that employee satisfaction is correlated with business performance and it's got loads of like facts and data around why those kinds of things just aren't true so i think you have to break the cx delusion that we're having at the moment the halo effect can really help with that and um, things like the myth of loyalty are in here and yeah i think uh, also john sill's new book is one worth reading because that explores some of those things more in the context of customer experience too thank you very much and what's the best way to contact you Oh, LinkedIn, anytime. Um, but for anybody who's looking for information about women in CX, just Google women in CX. We're number one on Google rankings. Yay. Um, you'll be able to find out everything about our community, um, what we do, what we offer there. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, we are coming to the last question. Is Claire's golden nugget It's something that we discussed or something new to leave to the audience? Yeah. I suppose I'd say I think, I think we need to wake up. 
as a profession that the way we operate in terms of what we're focused on is out of date that the world is moving so quickly that data analytics machine learning algorithms that are already driving what customers are getting so how do we take off our narrow focus rose tinted cx glasses and understand what the business is trying to do what's going on in transformation how do we get closer to understanding digital and technology and position ourselves in a way to create value through capabilities not trying to embed net promoter score or or preaching customer centricity or organizational change of cultures how do we get in there and really add value in the moment right now with skills like customer experience design the only thing that i can say is thank you very much claire for your wake up call and uh, please stay with me to the audience for today it's everything and uh, we love feedback feel free to contact me to contact claire, claire check everything about women in cx and not only check about women in cx but also support proactively support women in cx i think these are the communities that we need in future and these are the community of the future and therefore thank you very much and have a nice day bye bye thank you for having me bye <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.